Good morning, good morning, good morning, queens. Welcome, welcome, welcome back. This is Manifest Monday with the Queen Council, and I am Desinspired, and I am so excited. I'm blessed. I'm honored that, first of all, God woke us both up this morning because clearly we wouldn't be doing any of this if that wasn't the case. And then I'm honored that you chose to spend your morning with the Queen Council for the first part to prepare yourself to get into the mindset of manifesting the promises of God and everything that he says concerning you. So, my objective <laughs> is to pick up where we left off, but to wrap it up in a in a nice little bow as we're finishing out um, this portion of Delivers from the Dark as we've been focusing on Queen Esther, and we've probably talked about her maybe the last three, last three calls. Um, so we're wrapping up the Deliverer known as Esther, and the Deliverers from the Dark series has to do with encouraging us and showing us the Deliverers of our former years, the Deliverers of the Bible, who were hidden in dark hidden in secret, being developed in the darkness that nobody could see before they ever were spotlighted or come into the light. It is, it is, it is designed to encourage the deliverer in you. It is designed to wake something up on the inside of you to know that you cannot give up. You cannot throw in the towel. You cannot just lay here and play dead or lay here and let go of everything that God told you. But you must pursue, like you must pursue, you must conquer, and you must recover. So, we left off, I believe, chapter 4. We're going to skip up into chapter 7 now. We are in Esther, and we're skipping to chapter 7. I made the points very simple because I believe that the Lord has given me a quick grace this morning, okay? And the reason why I believe that because I am very tired. <laughs> and unless he quickens my body with an extra jolt, he wants me to stay within a short time frame and I receive. Um, so I'll be in prayer with me today that that happens. I have to speak today um, at a school. I was traveling yesterday, so... Um, pray strength to your girl body. Pray strength. Um, okay, so we're in Esther chapter 7. So listen, we understood um, the last call when we left off in chapter 4 with Esther, right? Now, if you haven't heard it, go back and listen to um, Faith Friday's call. Faith Friday's call. Um, perhaps it's purpose. Perhaps it's purpose. I'm not going to recap just go back and listen to it because it was mm -mm, good. Follow The Queen Council on Facebook. The Queen Council on Facebook. And go to the Faith, the last Faith Friday flyer and listen to the playback. It was very good. Or it's on Instagram. Um, I went live, so it'll be on Instagram as well. Okay, so listen. Now, Esther has fasted for her people. Esther has went before God on a three-day fast. To seek the face of God. Here's the thing. Look, not to change his mind. 
his mind, she she didn't need to change the mind of God. It was already settled that she was to be a deliverance to find favor. So the fast was to discipline her own flesh. The fast was to prepare her. The fast was to make her more sensitive and, and to give her the wisdom that she needed to do what she was called to do as a deliverer, right? That's what the fasting did. God had already made up in his mind what he wanted to do for her and how he wanted to use her. She just needed her will to be broken and to have the wisdom to carry it out. So her and her her ladies and the whole kingdom really says they went on a fast. Now, before I read, I want to preface all of the chapters I'm skipping because we're going from four to seven. So she ends up going before the king, breaking the law, breaking the law. Yes, child. Sis did her premeditated law breaking. But when she went before the king, he held out the scepter, the gold scepter, which means when he holds that out, that means that you are being permitted to come into his presence. That means that he has shown you favor. And whereas you deserve death, he's giving you life. Not only life, he's granting her a request. Because to come out unannounced means you have a request. I don't think y'all understood that. She deserved death for disobedience, for breaking only the one law he had concerning his coming into the kingdom. She deserved death. But the grace, the mercy, and the favor of God, I mean the king, of God, I mean the king, but really of God, allowed her to come without repercussion and also get a request. Do you understand that? What does that sound like? That sounds like for God so loved the world that he gave. Because we deserve death. The world was full of sin. We deserved death for our sin. There had to be a sacrifice and atonement made. And there weren't enough goats and rams and bullocks to, to create burnt sacrifices. Because there has to be a living sacrifice for sin. Whenever sin was committed in the Bible, they would kill animals or they would first lay their hands on the animal and they would transfer the sin. It was a metaphor. So symbolically, I'm transferring the sin unto this. Why do you think it's called a scapegoat? That's why we call them scapegoats. Because during that time, the goats took the escape. The goats took on the sins. They laid hands on that goat and transferred the sin that that person did into the goat. And they became the scapegoat, meaning they took the fall. They took the blame. They took the responsibility for something they didn't do. So Jesus, God, in his infinite wisdom, the world is so messed up, there's not enough goats to get them off the hook. There's not enough uh, sheep. There's not enough rams. There's not enough bulls to kill, to equal the sins of the world. So I'm going to send my son. To be the ultimate sacrifice. And once he dies, he only has to die once. And it washes away everybody's sins. So Jesus became the sacrificial lamb. When we deserve death, we weren't righteous enough. But yet, he died for us. He rose again. He loved us. And then he still gives us and permitted us with requests. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that love? He still asks us, daughter, what do you want? Daughter, what do you need from me? 
Come humbly yet boldly before the throne of grace that you may obtain favor and grace to help in a time of need. He still permits us to make requests to him. Make your request known unto me in the peace of God. So not only did she break the law and deserve death, he even answered her request. He said, Esther, you found favor. What is it? Whatever you want. And he makes a statement. He says, even up to half the kingdom. This woman had so much favor for doing absolutely nothing. <laughs> Esther literally did not have to do do anything but show honor. You want favor in your life? Learn how to master honor. She knew how to honor him. So, chapter 7, verse 1. So the king and Haman, she requested, I request a banquet. She said, if I found favor in your eyes... Permit me to throw you a banquet, you and Haman. We know Haman is who wants to kill out not just Mordecai, but all the Jews. So she did this twice. We're going to read what happens when she did the second time. The read's going to be longer than the than the message, so listen up, because it's, it's going to be longer than what I got to say. So the king, I'm trying to sneak me in a couple more minutes of sleep. I got to get up and start taking care of my household. So the king and Haman went to Queen Esther's banquet and as they were drinking wine on the second day, because the second banquet, the king again asked Queen Esther, what is your petition? It will be given you. What is your request? Even up to half the kingdom it will be granted. Baby, you talking about favor with God and man? Esther had favor with God. God chose her out of all the versions to be next in the palace, an orphan, no education, no fancy background. But you think that you need X, Y, Z to be favored. You think people don't favor, people don't like you because you don't have nothing or you don't come from us, you don't have this my money, you don't have this status. That don't matter. When God's favor hits, you don't need anything. I won't say anything, but you don't need all the stuff you think you need. You need a pure heart. You need a willing spirit. And you need honor and respect. When you master humility, and not the humility where you think you're worthless, not that kind. But humility where you, sub you can submit yourself. When you master respect... How to give respect. I told you guys, people want to rub elbows with the people that they think have positions of power. But when you learn how to honor and respect people that you don't think deserve honor or respect or the same level, that's when you are, you'll find yourself obtaining favor. And then when you learn how to honor people, when you master honor, respect, and humility, confidence come with it. I don't even have to say that. We develop that first from the inside out so you carry that. But once you carry that, now what? You have to master humility. You have to, even when you're right. You know how many times I would be right to say certain stuff and do certain stuff? I would be right. It's not like I would be wrong. But because the timing is wrong, because God hasn't released me to do it makes it wrong. So I, I would still be wrong. The right thing in the wrong season is still wrong. 
and you still won't reap the right results. You want uncommon favor with God and man? There's nothing you can do to, to make God favor you with him. That's something he chooses. He says he reigns on the just as well as the unjust. That's why he blesses people that don't even love him. People that ain't even trying to live right. Because he can he he reigns on the just and the unjust. There's nothing you you can do to merit God's love. We've we've been taught to to work our way up to be loved by God. You can't. It's impossible. You can't work your way up to be loved by Him. He loves you anyway. But with man, you can gain favor with man. Yes, some people just have a certain grace where they're just born and graced favored because God chose to just because for no reason at all. But you can obtain favor with people. I think do a whole series on just favor by itself because the doors, the opportunities, the, the things that God has blessed me with in my life simply through favor with God and man. Not by rubbing elbows. Not by trying to get in people's faces. I've never had to do that. Still don't. But I've mastered. And I'm always mastering. So not I'm not speaking in absolutes as in I'm done. I got it down packed. But I've reached a level of mastery. With how to treat people. How to make people feel valued. How to be authentic in doing that. Not for flattery, not for, no, but because it's generally who I am as a person to make every person I come across know that they're valued, know that they're loved, honor them, no matter who they are. And God honors that when he sees that. But let's keep going because that's not what they call about. And we got to, we got 15 minutes. I'm going to make it. Watch. Watch. Okay. So this is the second time that Esther went to the king, broke the law, but she had so much favor with God and man, it didn't even matter. Listen, God is breaking the rules for you. When you learn who you are in him, you start operating your authority. You stop letting low self-esteem and low confidence and what you've been through hinder you. Baby, you haven't seen the authority that you can walk in. You haven't seen it, I promise you. I promise you there's no monopoly on this. It's so much simpler than we make it. And you get the right voices in your ear. Because a lot of people ain't out here giving the right. They're not giving the right advice. I know because I know many of them personally. And I'm like, you're not even getting those results in your life. How are you teaching people to do this? And it's not right. So she mastered. She reached a level of master. But God had already graced her with favor because it was needed for her assignment. She needed favor to fulfill her assignment. But yet she had wisdom. In that case, why did she need to fast? She still fasted to make sure she went to him the right way. Because just because God graces you and favors you, you now have to manage that well. How are you going to manage the moment? Because God can set it up for you to have an, have an audience with people and grace you to have the favor. But if you don't manage that moment, if you haven't done the work to know, okay, what's the best way to do this? How do I go about it? God gave me the door. It's like God blessed me with an interview. Just because you got the interview don't mean you got the job. You still got to manage the interview well. Oh, well, I'm favored for the interview, so I'm good. No. What you say in that interview matter. You can go in and make a fool of yourself by not using wisdom and discretion and blow it. Even though God favored you to have the audience. So here Esther was favored to have an audience with the king. 
She didn't do anything to deserve the audience. That was the favor of God. Now she still needed man's favor. I know we don't like to talk about this because sometimes people take to the, to the extreme and try to, I know we say we don't need anybody but Jesus. I know we say that. Yes, in the sense of when it comes to our salvation, our life, but on this earth, God uses people. I don't care how amazing I am and favored by God, people have to buy my programs. God isn't buying my programs. <laughs> God's not paying to coach with me. I have favor with the women that I'm called to. So he gave me the grace, but how do I manage it? How do I now talk to women and, and market to them in a way to show them that I have the answers to their problems? I still have to obtain favor with women. <laughs> so I can say all I need is King Jesus all I want to. Yes, God can move someone's heart, but I still got to do the right thing that I'm supposed to do. Because I can decide, oh, I'm just going to stay in bed all day. God favored me. Okay, well, ain't nobody going to know who I am and what I do. So you still have a responsibility. Remember, when it comes to purpose, you still got to participate. So Esther still had to participate. I don't care how much fasting Esther did. She still had to participate. I don't care how much praying she did. If she didn't put no works behind it and obtain favor with the king, she would still be dead. Even though perishing didn't serve her purpose, she still had to show up and participate. You cannot rest on I'm gifted, I'm anointed, God just going to do it for me. What are you doing? What are you doing? I've been favored. I've, I've had favor my whole life. But guess what? As long as I sat in church saying, God promised me this, he going to do it. Didn't nobody know me still. As long as I sat there and didn't do nothing, didn't nobody know me still. They knew me as such and such daughter, such and such wife, ex-wife, such and such ex-girlfriend. Anybody know me? They didn't know what I was capable of. Like I participated in my purpose. I showed up. I took the right actions to show people this is what I do. I still had to get up and speak. I had to show you I could speak. I had to show you I knew how to coach. I don't care how much favor God gave me. Unless I worked the favor, it didn't matter that I was favored by God. Even Jesus, y'all, Jesus needed favor. If Jesus, who was 100% man, but yet 100% God, still needed favor, what makes you think you don't have to do nothing? Oh, I'm a child of God. Okay. What are you doing as a child of God? The Bible says Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. Jesus even had to grow in favor with God, with, with man. Why don't you think you have to? We feel like we can have nasty attitudes, talk to people any kind of way. I know I ain't going to talk to me any kind of way. Okay. Show me how much favor you get on that job. Because you ain't going to talk to me any kind of way. And I ain't saying let people. But I'm saying you can have all the favor in the world with God. But if you don't have wisdom on how to obtain favor with man, you still won't get to where God has you to go. Because you need a man to do that. God carries out his plan through man. Do you understand that? God carries out his plan through man. So until you learn how to master relationships, until you learn how to master and manage your attitude, manage your personality, even your confidence, 
man is attracted to confidence. I don't care how much favor you got with God. If man is like, mm, they don't seem confident enough to do this job, you still don't have favor with man. And you just think God won't force a man to do something. Yes, he can encourage them, he can persuade them, but they still got to choose to obey. You know people disobey God still all the time. People that have your answer locked up on the inside of them, they can choose to disobey God. Because you can come to them cross and wrong, but I'm not doing nothing for them. And God's like, bless them. Not the way they're the they talking to me. Not the way they acting, Lord. I know we don't like to talk about this because we take it to the stream and we say, you know, I ain't here to please man. That's true. I'm not here to please man. But if I don't carry out my purpose to obtain favor with man, I'm still stagnant. I don't care how much you say, I don't need man. Stop applying to jobs. Stop running the business. Because who, who are you doing that for? Who needs that? God don't need it. God don't need our business. God is not coaching with me. God is not paying me to coach him. But guess what? His daughters are. So I still need them. I still need favor with them. I mean, I can't show up with an attitude and acting like I'm the queen, this and I don't, you know, y'all bow, bow down. Like, I can't, I can't do that. You ain't finna coach me. Who she thinks she is? I can't talk to y'all any kind of way and mistreat you in the name of I'm anointed. It don't work like that. And then expect you to, to pay me to, to guide you, to enhance your life. It doesn't work like that. I still have to learn honor, learn respect to gain favor. So, all right, we run out of time. Bet y'all finna wrap this up. Bet y'all finna finish. Bet y'all finna finish quick. <laughs> okay, so second time she went to the king. He said, it will be given to you. What is your request? Even up to half the kingdom. Even up to half. This man said, you can have half my kingdom if you wanted to. The same man that put Vashti out. What was the difference? Vashti didn't have favor. She served her purpose to make way for Esther. But Vashti may have had favor with God to get the position. But Vashti had no favor with man. She had no favor with the king. That's why she could disobey him. And he'd be like, bye. And people whisper about it, be like, you got to do something by her. Because she didn't have favor with those people. And yet Esther had favor with the whole kingdom. She could do and break the rules, and they still be like, you can have half my kingdom. <laughs> Baby, talk about favor with God and man. And I told you guys, that's my prayer. I pray that God allows a favor on my life to come on the women who are connected to me, who honor me, who 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 truly are invested in what it is that I, I do for, for God. Let the same favor of God, may the favor of God rest on your life. And if you're disres a disrespectful person by nature and you feel like you, you feel, I don't need nobody and I ain't got to, then I revoke it. No, because you will not disgrace the name of God in the name of I don't need these people. Mm -mm. For those who have learned the, the, the art of humility, the art of honor and respect, May the favor and the grace of God on my life rest on you. May you not have to work hard for it. In Jesus' name. Child you, I'd be, I'd be receiving that. All right, so verse 3. Queen Esther answered, I need to do a whole series just on favor. Because there's so much that we don't know that we think it just magically pops up. You can, you can obtain favor with man. You got it with God, but there's a way to get favor with man. The right way. Okay. The queen answered, 
I if I have found favor with you, Your Majesty, look at the wisdom. Esther even knew how to use her words, especially when it comes to men. There is a way to get favor with literal men, like the the species, not species, but the gender. It's very easy. Men are not as complicated as we make them think. It's very easy. But I'm not going to get into that. Another call, another day, child. Another call, another day. So much wisdom to be learned there. So much wisdom to be learned there. Queen Esther, what is your... Oh, sorry. Y'all finna make me off on something. I ain't, ain't going to do it. Not this call. Not this call. Some of y'all favorite people that's telling about relationships and men be so wrong. Because they can't even get what they're trying to teach you about. Ask me how I know. But I ain't finna go there. I still be supporting because I want everybody to win. But they be so wrong. And most of the advice they're giving don't even work in their own life. I don't care what they tell you on social media. It's not working for them. I know them. Okay. But I'm a supportive person, and I don't believe in knocking nobody else. So, uh, we use the people that's not talking about the people that know. The only person I, I truly know, ten toes down, and their wisdom is accurate, I'll say it again, is David Burris. That man, especially as a woman, that man has so much wisdom. David Burris, B-U-R-I-S. Y'all, single women and married, you need to follow him. So much wisdom to be shared. So much wisdom. A thousand percent I support what he talks about. See, I made this call about favor. Okay. Okay. If I found favor with you, Your Majesty, and if it pleases you, grant me my life. This is my petition. And spare my people. Ethel could have been like, I ain't got to... I was chosen by God. Let me tell you what you're going to do. You're going to give me my life. Nope. Did she, co- did she go to that man like that? Let me tell you what you're going to do because I come in the name of God. I come in the name of God. You're going to give me my life. You know why? Because y'all evil. The whole kingdom evil. Haman evil. You evil for letting him do it. Give me my life. Did Esther do that, y'all? Now, how many times do we do and say certain stuff in the name of, well, God told me to do this, so I'm going to do it. God told Esther, Esther was led to go to the king. But did she go to him in arrogance? Did she go to him in the name of, in the, name of the Lord I serve? You evil king, you. <laughs> Esther would have been dead, y'all. Let's be honest. And I ain't saying water down. I ain't saying back down. But I'm saying in some situations, you will get better results using wisdom. Even if you do the right thing. It can be the right thing that God told you to do. Yes, it's right. Yes, you're crying out. Yes. Now, unless you have a certain grace to do things a certain way, which some people do, let's be clear. I'm not going to make 630. I'm sorry, y'all. Holy Spirit is leading me to, to do this. I was trying to do my own thing, but I was in the flesh. All right. In the spirit, we ain't finna hit 630, so you can hang that up. <laughs> but somebody needs to hear this. There are some people whose mantle and mandate requires them to do certain things a certain way. I'm not saying they're right, and I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm just saying some people have a different level of grace, but also some people don't need relationships with man. I'm trying to use wisdom on this call. Hopefully somebody getting what I'm putting down. Even Queen Esther, who was a deliverer, who was the mouthpiece of God. She didn't need no title but queen. She was the very oracle of God to save an entire race of people. 
she was called to save a race from being killed. So if anybody had an important part to play, if anybody's job as an oracle of God, Esther was an oracle of God. Do you understand that? She had no title. But yet, if you put your mouth on her or you came against her as Haman did, you saw his end, God would still handle you. But did she have to come to the king angry, loud? That wasn't her grace. Now, mind you, I'm pretty loud. Let's be clear. <laughs> My grace is a little different from Esther's grace. So y'all can hear me get a little loud. But I guarantee you, from my grace, y'all, last night, I was heartbroken. I was in prayer before I went to bed, just on my knees, just praying to God. And judgment is definitely coming to this world. It's definitely coming, 1,000%. You cannot dishonor God like this and God not show himself. At some point, he has to prove himself to this. He has to, because God will not be mocked. But do you not know, and you may not know, but as an intercessor and other functions of the body of Christ, mind you, intercession is not, intercessor is not an office, let's be clear. That's not an office. It's a function. It's a grace. It's a dimension of, an office, of certain offices, but it itself is not an office, Okay. I don't walk in the office of an intercessor. There's no such thing. Right? Nevertheless, though, it's still just as important. But as an intercessor, you're given burdens that you cannot shake. We see it in the Bible. Moses. Jesus wanted to, God wanted to kill the children of Israel for their disobedience. He wanted to kill them. And guess what? They deserve to die. Them people deserved death. Do you understand me? Disobedience, rebellion, tempting God. They deserve to die. But do you not know Moses still went to God and said, I know you want to kill them. I don't even like these people, if we're honest. It's ghetto down here. I don't like these people. They buck me. They don't respect me. But God, for your name's sake, don't kill them. Give them another chance. Save them. Moses, who was the oracle of God, who gave judgment. He also was an intercessor, meaning he was a friend of God. He said, God, just don't kill him. Give him another chance. Abraham. God's like, I'm wiping out Sodom and Gomorrah and everybody in it. They pervert it. It's all types of homosexuality. I'm killing the entire people. Abraham, God, what if I can find... 50 righteous people. Will you spare it, please? I know they are wicked, but please. God, if I can find 20, I don't know the correct numbers, but if, I can find, if you can find 10, will you spare it? Okay, I'll spare it. He couldn't find none. Well, can you spare a lot? Please. Okay, I'll spare a lot. Multiple times you see in the Bible, and I'm saying this for a reason, multiple times you see in the Word, where intercessors went before God and asked for his mercy to save people, to save that their souls won't be lost. Last night I was in travail because I'm 
ten toes down, like, listen, Lord, these people did. Earth is, and God told them to stop saying this. So I'm going to stop saying it, but I'm going to let you know what I'm saying so you know what I'm going to stop saying. If these people, this earth is ghetto. I say it all the time, but Holy Spirit impressed upon me. Stop saying that. <laughs> so I'm trying to find a better way to say that the earth is ghetto. But it, it is, but he's, I'm going to stop saying it, but I just need you to know what I'm going to stop saying, okay? So I'm like, Lord, these people out here really like blaspheming your name openly. Like they're really making a mockery out of us. And I'm ten toes down, Lord, sh- strike them. <laughs> Please prove yourself. But as an intercessor, as a believer, I'm like, yeah, they're making a fool of us, strike them. But as an intercessor that's been given burdens for people, for them not to perish, I was in travail last night. I mean, as if these people were my brothers and my sisters and my mothers. I was like, God, please save them. God, please save them. God, please send send me, send somebody, raise somebody up to minister to them. Please save them. They deserve death, yes. They've turned on you. They've sold their souls, but God, save them. Because somebody didn't want to be like this. Somebody is suffering and struggling and they turn to the wrong source to give them power. And they're suffering in silence. And some I don't believe everybody wants to be like this. How many times have you been overtaken in a sin or in a wrongdoing and you didn't want to be like that? But it now has become a stronghold in your life. Some of you are wrestling right now. And no, all sin is not the same, honestly. It, there are, the Bible says there is a sin that is not unto death. And I would that you would not pray for it. There is a sin that you cannot pray for. When you blaspheme against the Holy Spirit, there is no repentance for that. And I know we say they're all the same. They're actually not, honestly. Sin is sin, yes. But there is sin that is unto death, the Bible says, if we're honest. We don't like to talk about that, but it is. Now, you all going to hell. Not y'all, I'm just saying, like, but sin, you all, we all going to be put in hell for a sin, but there is a sin that is no forgiveness for. But yet, as a person who's been given a burden for people, I carry a heavy burden. God save them. God send me. Send, I, I won't sell out. I won't be overtaken by people and their celebrity and who they are. God God, people be in my dreams that I'm ministering, ministering to in my dreams. Celebrities, people that everyone know, that everyone admires and worships and looks up to and all of these things. God sends these people to me in my dreams, and I'm, I dream that I'm ministering to them. So, yes, they deserve death, so we say, because many have sold their soul. But I'm like, God, if there remains any more, if there remains repentance for them, Save them. Even if you choose to take them, to make an example out of them, send somebody to minister and witness to them before they die. On their deathbed, on their last moments, let somebody minister to them that their soul may be saved and that the world may know. Because here's, here's my argument to God. Yes, yes, they deserve death. Yes, God, yes. But God, think of how much glory you would get Think about how many souls will be saved if these people did give their life to Christ. More souls would be saved by their life being saved than by their death. 
Yes, their death will draw people to you out of fear now. Because, oh my gosh, God, he did it. He killed them. But God, you want us to love you. You want us to come to you because we love you. Not because we're afraid. And yes, judgment must come. It must come. Let's be clear. It must come. But as a person who carries burdens, my prayer is, God, save them. As a believer, you should have a burden for the people on your job, for that evil boss that deserves what coming to him. But you should have a burden. God, save them. God, give them an experience that changes their life. Because you know, I, think about, I think about their children. I think about their innocent babies that now have to, have to carry the curse that their parents did that didn't deserve it. So, yes, we want mercy. We want to be the curse breakers. We want to think about our children. But we don't want nobody. We don't want to extend that to nobody else because our sin is different. Now, God. I am the one you love. You take me just as I am. You choose me all over again. I am the one you love. We want to think about me. I'm the one you love. Forget them people. Kill them. Make an open show of them. God, they out here dressing like devils and out here. So, yes, yes, they're wrong. Hear me and hear me good. Hear me by the Spirit of God. They're wrong. And God will not be mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. But the intercessor in me, the former sinner in me who was out here living real loose, serving God, living loose, openly a Christian but living loose, that needed mercy. God, save their soul. Even if you take their life, save their soul. I'm not going to finish the rest of this call because God has me in this direction. Come back Friday. Well, I'll, give you, I'll finish up. But you should have a burden. God, send me. Let me bump into somebody at an airport, at a restaurant. And I don't care who they are. I don't care how much money they have. I don't care how much sin is in their life. Use me to be the light. Give me... Give me the favor you gave Esther. That even with the evil king, or even with, I ain't calling him evil because the Bible don't say he was evil, but even if it was an evil king, a wicked king, that I find favor, that is something about me. Out of every Christian they've come across, out of every Christian that they wasn't trying to hear, for whatever reason, something about the favor that you put on me, that you give me favor with them, that they, they start talking to me just because they trust me. They don't even know I'm a Christian. But something about my presence, something about my, my essence, my energy, that they start talking to me and they feel the love of God. And something about something I say pricks their heart. It opens up the door that they realize, I don't want to be like this. I don't want to live like this. I don't, wanna, I don't want my soul to be sold out to the devil. You know, there are witches who've gotten saved there. There's a one on Instagram. Oh, she's a, she has a huge ministry. Her name is Jennifer Weaver, a huge deliverance ministry. She talked about used to be, she used to be a witch. And now she has a huge deliverance ministry that wins millions of souls to God. I'm like, God, if you can do it for them, I know you can do it. So, yes, your word will not return to you void. But, God, send me. You, you, yes, you've made certain people to be oracles to speak the judgment of God. 
Yes, and I don't come against them at all. Yes, they are doing God's will. Whether the delivery is what we want to see, they are doing the will of God. They are standing ten toes down. Do you know how much courage it still takes to go against evil, period? That takes courage. So God trusts them. He does. He trusts them. But God, with the grace that you've given me, my grace is different. So allow me to use the grace you've given me to now minister to them. So yes, one is called to speak the judgment of God. But God, me, let me be the person that's now called to minister, to win them. To cry out that you would save them. Okay, if that's not a good enough example, we deserved death. Jesus came and died for us, but we deserved death. We sinned against God. The entire earth was full of sin. We deserved death. But Jesus came. He was beaten more than, the Bible says, and I, I envisioned him in my prayer last night, and I could do nothing but cry. So I'm like, God, we deserve to die, and yet you were beaten for us. You basically got beat. Imagine somebody beating you up for your children so they don't beat up your children. Imagine somebody beating you with rods and beating you with, with, with nails and, and hammering nails to your body because you love your children. You don't want to see your children get beaten. Imagine that. That's what Jesus did for us. But yet we're the ones who did the wrong. So my heart is different. First I was like, oh yeah, God go, oh yeah, God gonna do this. Oh God, God gonna bring this word to pass, and He is. But then the intercessor in me was so broken, like, but God, I know, I know we messed up, I know we sinned, and I know their sin may seem big, God, I know it is, I know they sold out, but God, can you send me? I don't care about money. I don't. Nobody needs to know who I am. But God, send me. God sent the the grace that you've given me, the favor that you've given me to be a likable person. Yes, all men don't like me. That's good. Beware when all men speak well of you. But the grace you've given me with people, the favor you've given me with people of status and just your people, everybody. Lord, let me use that favor for a reason. Give it to me for a reason. Not just to get things in this world and to elevate, but God, use it for a reason. That I may win souls. Y'all, my goal is to win souls to the kingdom of God. So, God, if you can send anybody, send me. And it don't have to be celebrities and famous people. But, God, send me to anybody. Anybody who on the inside is crying that I don't want to be like this, but I feel trapped. There are people who are trapped in a lifestyle they can't get out of because of the decisions they made. And, yes, they deserve what's coming, but, God, send me. If I have found favor in your eyes, God. Esther said, if I found favor, save my people. Spare my life and my people. Don't annihilate them. Don't annihilate them. Yes, Mordecai didn't bow. Yes, Mordecai broke the law. But save them. So that's my prayer. And I know my burden isn't your burden. But as a child of God, as a woman who has children, as a woman who has nieces, nephews, as a woman of influence, your prayer should be, God, use me. Use me as a light in this dark world. Use me on my job. Use me to witness to people. Even if it's not openly witnessing, let my life witness to them. 
let my life live in such a way that it witnesses that people are like, it's just something about it. I just want to talk to her. Let me just have a conversation. And the love of God in you just permeates them. Stops them from going home and committing suicide. Stops them from, from being the person that's about to carry out the next mass shooting. You just don't know. So my prayer is that God favors you to be an impact in this world. That God favors you to, to get so many stars in your crown. Every time you win a soul, God puts stars on your crown. And it's not that we're working for the crown, but he said he has a, he's reserved a crown of life. The Bible says even when you come to him, you have to come to him not only believing that he is, but that he's a rewarder. So even though I'm not doing it for the reward, I have to believe that he's going to reward me. I don't know. One day I may have children that sin against God, that may, that may do something so bad or may completely forget about God. And they deserve to die. They deserve what's coming to them. But God will say, no, I remember your great-great-grandmother. Your great-great-grandmother, she had a heart to save souls. So even though you don't deserve it, I'm saving you because of something she did generations ago. A woman you don't even know cried for the souls of my people. So as a result of her love, not even because of you, you don't deserve it, but because I honor her, because she was my friend, because I called her, a, she was a friend of God. Abraham was a friend of God. Moses was a friend of God. Joshua was a friend of God because I called them friend. They transcended in their relationship with me that they're my friend. And for the sake of my friend, I'm going to do this. David sinned. David killed a man. Took his wife. David deserved death. God sent a prophet. And you know how the prophet rebuked him? He used an analogy. He said there was a man that had a lamb. There was a man that did this, did that. What should happen to that king? David said, oh, he needs to die. He deserves death. Do you know what the prophet said? David, you are the man. I mean, the story we just told, and you said that that person deserved death. Guess what? You're that man. To a king. He said, you are that man. You deserve death. And do you know what it did? It made David turn his face to God and ask for repentance. But that was the grace of that prophet. He didn't say, David, this day, you sinner, you, you murderer. He said, let me tell you a story. He said, you are the man. And it turned David to repentance. And God spared David. And then he blessed David and said, there will never be a man that doesn't sit on your throne. David said to pay a price. The baby died. But then God turned around and blessed David and said, because you repented, because your heart is pure, you're a man after my own heart. You murdered this man. You took his wife. You got her pregnant. But you repented with your whole heart because I sent my prophet to draw you back with love and kindness, with the judgment of God. But it drew you back. May God give you the grace to draw people back to him. May you not be a Christian just to be a Christian and make it to heaven on your own. 
but may you take souls with you. May your generations never, never want a man to sit on the throne, as he said to David. In other words, may your generations coming after you never lack. May they never suffer and struggle. May they always be blessed by God because of the decisions that you made in your lifetime. Because of the mercy that you showed when you deserved death. Holy Spirit, I thank you. God, I thank you. I thank you that you didn't give me what I deserved. God, I've been horrible. I've done horrible things in my life. As a Christian, as a believer, yes, I've compromised. Yes, I've sinned. But God, you've shown me so much mercy. You've given me chance after chance to get it right. To still be used by you. You still choose to use me. You could have picked people who were so much better than me. Who who lived cleaner than me. Who didn't stray. But you still had mercy on me. You still chose me. When I woke up this morning, you still chose me. You still breathed breath into my body. God, some of us didn't even tell you thank you. We didn't even say thank you. We woke up complaining. We woke up aggravated. We woke up annoyed. We never even said thank you. Our children are still alive. Some of us have parents still. We have money. We have jobs. And we don't even say thank you. We sin. We do wrong. And you keep loving us. May we extend that same mercy to other people. May we still speak as your mouthpiece. May we still stand tall. May we still never compromise the gospel. But may we follow the scripture that says, By this will they know you, my disciples, the love you have one for another. And love doesn't mean compromise. Love doesn't mean jelly back. But love means wisdom. Love means by any means necessary. God, may we may we be the love of God in this earth. Love is still correction. Maybe we may we be the correction that this world needs. That produces fruit. God, if I found favor in your eyes, even as Queen Esther said, may I produce fruit. May people be drawn to you. May people's lives be changed in abundance. Not here and there, but may may by the masses people be drawn back to you. May they be drawn back to their families. May they be drawn to be better women, better men, better mothers. May they be better because of my life. May my life bring you joy. May I go to, not just go to heaven, but on this earth. May I draw people to heaven on this earth. God, forgive us. Forgive us for sinning against you. Forgive us for forgetting that we've sinned against you. Forgive us for wanting to see your people perish. 
forgive us. Forgive us for not having a burden. You know, that's, you want to know if you're in, we're all, we all should be intercessors, but you want to know what separates an intercessor from somebody who just prays? We're supposed to all pray, but do you know what the difference is? There's only one difference. A burden. Everybody prays, but an intercessor, a friend of God, our prayers are different because we pray out of burdens. God gives us burdens that don't leave us until we pray them through, meaning we carry them. And in times past when I didn't understand that, guess what it turned into? It was depression because I didn't pray through. I didn't know that it was a burden that I was supposed to pray for. I just carried this oppression on me, this heaviness that I was always weighed down. I was always, I felt sad all the time. I felt heartbroken and nothing was wrong. It's because I carried burdens for people and I didn't notice what they were. So that's the difference. That's why some people, there's nothing wrong with that. Some people are called to the ministry of intercession. Some people are not and that's okay. But the difference is, someone who's an intercessor, you carry a burden for people. Certain things just bother you and they don't let you go. Certain people you can look at them or certain situations you can know about and it gives you a burden. Because you're called to pray through it. That means God hears you and he wants you to pray. God, may you give your your women burdens to pray them through. To change this world. God, every woman that is assigned to my life and my ministry, may they be the difference makers. May they be the lights. May they be the Esthers that goes before kings. May they be the Deborahs who judge, who advise, but who who is called a mother of Israel because she had so much wisdom. Even though she was a judge, she was the person that judged matters. She still spoke loudly and judged, but she was known as the mother of Israel because the Bible says when I desperate... Everything ceased. Village life ceased until I, Deborah, arose. The children of Israel cried out for blank amount of years, and then I, Deborah, arose. God, may you allow the Deborahs to arise. May you allow the Esthers to arise. God, we love you. God, we thank you. God, we thank you. May we be the missing piece in somebody's life. May we be the missing piece. All of these are your children. And some of them are secretly crying out for help. They're crying out for a deliverer. And God, you're sending us deliverers from the dark who've gone through trauma, trials, who felt forgotten, who wondered why we felt so lonely or so isolated because you were sanctifying us for where you were sending us. Because you wanted us to be sanctified and different. So when we come across these people, they know they're not, she's not like everybody else. Many people have come, but it was something about that one that changed my life. May we be the missing piece to the puzzle. May you raise up 
you are deliverers from the dark to take their place. If I have found favor in your eyes, God, may you allow me to cultivate, to groom, and to raise up your next army of queens who will go out into the world and they will ask, where did they come from? Where did she come from? She's been the missing piece to my life. She saved my family. She's restored my home. She's restored my joy. She's brought me into Christ. She's broken the strongholds that have been on my life and my bloodline. So help us to not be so selfish. Help us to go ahead and be the deliverers of our own bloodline, of our own home. So we may now go and deliver your people. As we leave this place, but not your presence, as your spirit will go with every queen, I send the angel of the Lord to her. I send favor that follows her. God, I pray for angelic assistance. Strengthen her for this journey. Strengthen her, God, for what she's facing in her own life, in her own home. Because if the enemy can tear her down, if the enemy can destroy her, make her give up now then all the souls and the lives that were assigned to her may never reach their goal, may never be saved because the enemy shut her down in her dark season. May she rise. May she rise. When I, Deborah, arose as a deliverer, may she rise this day. May you strengthen her and give her stamina. Stamina in the mighty name of Jesus. Stamina to her heart. Stamina in her body. God, increase her prayer life. Give her a burden. Increase her prayer life. That she may be called a friend of God now. That people may know that woman has a position with God like I've never seen before. To the only wise God be both majesty, dominion, and power both now and forever. Now and Tim that is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we could ever ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. It is in your Son, Jesus Christ's name we pray. And the queens of God said, in agreement with the word of God, Amen, Amen, Amen. Queens, I know I deviated from the whole call. I didn't get into any of the principles. I didn't finish the story. I said I was going to be done in 30 minutes for real. But again, that was the flesh. That was not God at all. So that was definitely me and my tiredness. But God quickened my body. And here we are at 7 o'clock again, a whole hour. But to God be the glory. I just pray that you hear my heart. I'm not compromising. I'm not weak. I'm not backing down. The Bible is the Bible. The Word is right. And if you're not lined up with the Word, you're wrong. And yet, there's no buts about it. And yet, and in addition to my mandate and my mantle is different. I've been given burdens that I cannot shake. And every time I run from them, and do my own thing and try to just agree and go along with it in my my business they consume me 
I was consumed in prayer last night. Not for me. I got I got family situations that are dire. But I was crying out for other people's mothers. I was crying out for other people's sisters and brothers. Like they were my flesh and blood. Because the burden of the Lord hit me. And before I was like, ooh, I can't wait till these prophecies come to pass. Ooh, I can't wait, Lord. I can't wait till you prove yourself. You finna show them. And he is. But then the burden of an intercessor fell on me. I said, but God, what about their children? What about their innocent babies? But God, what about those who don't want to be like this? What about those What about those women that I see that have struggled with their self-esteem so much, that have been rejected and raped and molested, and they had a gift and they ran with that gift. Somebody promised them power and fame to heal their wounds. And they took it, and now they can't get out. Because whenever you make a covenant with God, he lets you know what's in that covenant. When you make a covenant with the, with the enemy, he doesn't tell you what's in it. He only shows you the good side of it. And then once you're trapped in it, you don't realize the price that you're paying. You think I'm just giving you, oh, and then you're trapped in it. Some people are willfully doing they're They're happy. They have no regrets. They got what they wanted. But I believe there's some people that are really crying out for a deliverer. Crying out that somebody really sees beyond what they're doing. Sees beyond their puppets now. They're, they sold their life and they sold their puppets. But the part of them on the inside is like, but God, please, I don't want to do this. But I don't have a choice now because I made a deal with the enemy. God, send me to those people that still have a chance. But again, God carries out his purpose through people. Through people. So as lost as they are until God, until I, Deborah, rose. What if you're one of those deliverers, but you won't arise? What if you were called to save somebody, but you won't arise? You scared. Or you so worried about people think about you still. Or you ain't got over your own self-esteem and confidence issues. You haven't got over what people think about you. Meanwhile, there's an entire generation of people that are waiting for you. But you still worry about what somebody on Instagram think about your post or your picture or somebody on your job think about your hairstyle. And people are dying and going to hell. And you are the person that God wants to use. That's why you don't fit in. He's like, I can't let you fit in. Because if you fit in, they won't respect you the same. You'll be one of them. I never want you to be one of them. Because they can't receive from you. That's all you know. You know when you get real calm, you be like, oh, they got common, they got, they got beside themselves now. When you get too calm with people, you, they can't receive from you the same way. So God kept you separate. He kept you the, the oddball of the family. He kept you isolated on your job. Because there's a level of respect and honor that you carry. All right, I'm gone. I done talked up my nap time, so my day started. <laughs> I won't be getting on nap today. I love you. I love you. I'm praying for you. May you walk in your power. Can you please share this with me? Yes, Queen, I'll, I'll text it to you. May you walk in your power and command your room. May you whatever your name is, arise. 
You're welcome, Queen. Stephanie Inspire, the Queen Council. Till we meet again for Girl Chat Wednesday. We're signing out. I don't know what this call is called. I don't know. I can't figure out. <laughs> Delivers from the dark. I don't know. You'll, you'll know it when you see it, though. I'll post it. Love you. Bye.